Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, it's Eric J. Olson live at you once again with the Managing Partners Podcast. And today I have Brittany with me. Hey, Brittany, how's it going? Hey, I'm well. Thanks, Eric. You got it. I love your outfit and the chair behind you. I already commented before we went live about the chair. Just great colors. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I really like fashion as well. So I, I love color and pops of it are great. There you go. Yeah, I'm just wearing a boring blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Brittany, I appreciate your time. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what your firm does? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me on today. Uh, my name is Brittany Maxie Fisher, and I'm a patent attorney. Uh, I actually became a patent agent before I went to law school uh, and then transitioned over into becoming a, a patent attorney. I have an intellectual property boutique. We are a bi-coastal uh, firm. We've got offices in the Tampa Bay and Sarasota area, along with uh, out in California in West Hollywood. So um, all we practice is intellectual property and all of the different intersectionalities that go along with intellectual property, which today are a lot. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. I am interested, though, in, in the multiple offices concept. It's certainly across the country. Was Which, which was your first, second, and third office? Mm -hmm. So we started in uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, it's, it's in Tampa Bay, and it's just a really, really phenomenal community. And uh, interesting Interestingly enough, Florida, even though it's a very large state, did not have a lot of intellectual property boutiques in the state of For Florida. Um, and so Tampa is, is a community that's bringing a lot of business in. So we started in, in St. Pete, and then we went down south about an hour to Sarasota. It just has a different um, flair to it than Tampa has, even though they're close enough that I can get down there very quickly. But the, the vibe and the flair and the business community are very different. Then the third office was out in Los Angeles. Just because with being an IP, there are a lot of entertainers, sports figures, and um, a lot of the trademark copyright work is out in California. That seems to me like a big challenge, certainly opening an office across the country. I would imagine you have uh, management there. And uh, did, did you have people in place already before you decided to open the office? Yes. Or did you open the office and hire? Yes, uh, people in place before opening the office. Uh, so we've got um, an attorney that's there full time. And so it, it works out really nicely. You know, we're on East Coast time over here. He's on West Coast time. And we do a lot of international work. So sometimes our clients, um, the, the days are very, very different. So that helps us kind of pace with our international clientele as well, having that kind of time time balance. Wow, that's really, really neat. Um, you, you talked about you know a couple of different kinds of industries that you work in when it comes to intellectual property. You mentioned um, basically Hollywood or I think it was acting and mm -hmm. uh, sports. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you're looking at the the patent portfolio in general, a lot of work comes out of Texas or the Northeast just because of geographically where, where it's split. And I'm from Oklahoma. So I do go back to the Midwest or Southwest quite a bit. But when we're looking at trademark and copyright litigation or infringement, a lot of times there's an interplay with the personalities as well. And they're protecting their branding. And especially with Florida actually being the first state to allow name image likeness for the NCAA athletes, um, Florida's a fertile ground for some of the collegiate activities that are happening. So uh, it's it's very interesting to see, but that's strategically why we placed the offices where we did. I, I just read about that recently about uh, the NCAA players and, uh, but I don't, I don't quite understand it. Do you mind diving into 
that a little bit? Like, how does that work and what, what are the implications there? Yeah, so actually, um, the Supreme Court is going to uh, take up a case. They're going to be hearing it in March regarding the NCAA. And um, this one, this one's a little bit of an antitrust suit regarding should the NCAA be able to cap athletes' credentials as just educational, you know, outside of getting vehicles or all of those things. It's near and dear to my heart because I played softball at Ole Miss. So I was a pitcher. Uh, so I grew up as an athlete. So it's very interesting to me. Um, Florida has made a stance because obviously the NCAA is a, a very big entity on college sports. And Florida has actually signed the first um, nil name, image, likeness um, bill in. And in July, it's supposed to take effect. So the word on the street is that, you know, obviously the states will be doing the different legislation unless the Supreme Court steps in and does some sort of preemption federally. And supposedly the NCAA will likely sue the state of Florida if that doesn't take effect. So it'll it'll all the schools in Florida, you know, would be have a little bit of a competitive advantage on um, athletes if we're allowing them to utilize in esports and the Madden games and things of that nature, some of their name, image and likeness and get paid for it. Yep. I read that Madden is going to bring back uh, players, but not not by name, I think it was. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I, I imagine there's a decent amount of money at stake here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really, really interesting. So we, we've talked about a couple of trends already in your practice area. Uh, what are some other trends that you've maybe seen or or maybe you anticipate, especially as the world changes with things like COVID and social distancing mm-hmm. and a lot of online work? Are you seeing just big trends? Yeah, I, I think um, in, in our sphere and IP in particular, I do think that the, the litigation battlegrounds will maybe move from the federal courts to the online marketplaces. You know, it's how quick can you get the items pulled down off of Amazon from com- infringing products or Etsy or DHgate or wherever they may be. So I think we're going to have a shift there because people are selling worldwide now. And with more shipping and logistics as ever has happened, I think that that'll be an interesting pace to keep up with. Um, I also think from a contractual perspective, it's going to create a lot of litigation of, you know, where the contracts lie, where the businesses lie, where the entities lie, how much discovery they're going to produce and give to you a big company like Amazon. So I think that all of those trends with being able to stay up with the technology and the platforms that are delivering the services for the different clientele that we, that we have, or really anyone has, you know, I, I spoke uh, a few days ago on digital assets, and there's just so much that is rolling through technology now with trust and estate lawyers, along with IP attorneys, contractual attorneys, there's there's a lot at play right now with the ever, ever evolving uh, technological landscape. Oh, yeah. And it's just evolving so quickly, mm-hmm. too. It's just crazy. Wow. You know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, we've talked about your firm, but uh, I went to your website and I noticed a, a very clear brand and a color scheme, and I think it matches your chair. Is that is branding one of the things that you think has kind of set you apart from your competitors? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I think that that's um, a point point and spot on. Um, when I went into law school, I wanted to. I was already a patent agent, and so people said, "Well, if you if you only do patents, you know, people will think of you only as IP." And I said, "Exactly. That's all I want." Very early on, I knew that that's what we wanted to to go with, and we've always had the same color scheme. You know, red, platinum, modern. Very not the traditional law firm because we're not a traditional law firm. Um, we've also stayed authentic to ourselves and I haven't been afraid to just be who I am. And we we seek out and always have higher diversity. And I think that our team is a very different representation of what a traditional IP boutique typically looks like um, if you look at the statistics. And I think that that helps different attorneys that we work with 
understand that and uh, corporate clients as well. They understand that we are going to be who we are. I love it. I think that's great. Uh, you know, you have to be authentic, which you said several times, you have to be who, who you are. And then also, I, I really like the idea of niching in just one area and, and that's it. And trying to be the best that you can in that area, whereas it seems like most managing partners and law firms pile on the different practice areas. They'll hire an attorney with a specialization, and then they tack that on to their masthead. But um, I, I think it's very, very powerful to, to niche. And I would imagine that since you've niched in IP, that that's probably helped you win some deals that maybe others who had lots of practice areas would not win. Yeah, absolutely. Because we get very, IP is very narrow, but it's so deep. And right now it is, like I said, the intersectionality and everything is so important. So much, much of our business comes from current clientele that we've been able to produce really great results for, and we're, we're quick and nimble, or other attorneys that they've been able to, you know, place us in and us almost like a, a specialized surgeon, do the piece we need to do, and then get out and let them handle the other piece. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So it, uh, how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been in existence? How long is it? When was the firm started? 13 years and one day. Yesterday was our anniversary. So that's, that's awesome. an easy one. That, that, that is awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. That's that's quite a feat. Uh, when it, So we uh, at Array Digital, uh, we're about to celebrate our fourth birthday. We've been in business as different companies for longer than that. But I, I absolutely appreciate the longevity of what you've been doing. Uh, every time I, I bump into a business owner that's been in business for 13 years, 15 years, 25 years, like, wow, I, I have mad respect for these people. That is, it's not an easy thing to do. So congratulations. Thank you. We started in uh, 2000 and late 2008, basically, which we all know what happened in 2007 and 2008. And yeah. we've been able to persevere um, because of our people working real hard, staying up to date on stuff. And uh, so thank you. That, that is awesome. Uh, so you, you've had good growth. You've got three offices now after 13 years. What do you anticipate the growth will be like for your firm and say like the next five to 10 years? Mm -hmm. We want to be very strategic in the geographical areas, just how, as we've been from the very start. Um, I think that we're a little bit different because we get the opportunity to play all across the United States because most of the things we do are federal law. Um, so we're definitely looking at some strategic places that we'd like to be just because even though you can practice federal and I could get pro hoc in, having boots on the street in some of the jurisdictions are very, very important. And so that's what we're looking at is strategic growth with the right people in the right communities. Okay. So that means uh, more offices around the United States. Is that correct? Yes. And potentially, you know, we, we do, we speak Spanish, German, French, and Portuguese. So we wow. have quite a bit of an international flair to us. We have um, a former patent examiner. And so I, I've considered international offices as well, but that adds just a, a, a lot more to it, which I'm sure people on the podcast know. So probably in the U.S. for now. Yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine. I don't know this firsthand, but I, I would think that once you start conducting business in a different country and you have employees in different countries, full-time employees, not you know freelancers or something, then it, it gets more complicated. It certainly gets more complicated, yes. even if you. That's have probably more states. to the ten-year mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very ambitious. That that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, last, I wanted to kind of wrap up talking about marketing strategy. We've talked about a couple of things already that I think are pertinent. So we talked about branding. We've talked about keeping close with clients. It sounds like that's part of your marketing strategy to get more business. Uh, what are some other techniques that you've used in the past that have been really good for you to market uh, the firm and to grow the firm? Mm -hmm. uh, about this was pre-COVID, but it did work well, and I think it'll it'll come back at some point. About five years ago, we decided to have a signature event, and that signature event um, we tied to World Intellectual Property Day, and we had a big event that we could invite our referral sources to and our clients, 
and just really tell them how much we appreciated them. And we, it's always a themed event coming down from the World IP office. So it was sports, it was fashion. So a very big event that was our signature event. And I think doing that was, was something that was really, really important to kind of make our mark here in the Tampa Bay area. It would have been our sixth year to have it uh, in 2020, but obviously COVID happened. So we've been transitioning um, to doing a lot more interacting online, um, which I'm sure that you're seeing with our clients, whether it's their products on Twitter or LinkedIn or wherever they may be, and trying to pay attention to to, to their needs a little bit more. Um, so everything content is important for us now. We're doing more writing, more speaking, and and trying to push more content. So that's some of the things we're doing. Good for you. Yeah. Well, that's where the attention's at. I agree. Uh, everybody's living online these days. It's been happening for a long time, so it makes a lot of sense. Well, that was awesome. I appreciate your time, Brittany. Uh, for any managing partner that's watching right now, where is the best place for them to reach out if they want to contact you? Uh, the best place to reach out is is uh, probably, I will say, through phone more than email, just because there's so many emails going around. I think I can get to that quicker. Okay. Uh, do, do you know the number off the top of your head? Yeah, abs absolutely. 727-230-4949. Uh, 4949. All right. Let's see if I got this right. Right there. Okay. So if you're looking to reach out to Brittany about IP law, there is her phone number. Give her a ring and you guys can chat. And also, if you are a managing partner watching this later and you are looking for any help with your digital marketing, Array Digital specializes in working with law firms. All right, Brittany. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right.